0: Food bloggers, don't forget to check out the food blogging forum style community that we started over at forum.eatblogtalk.com. Finally, there is one place that we can all convene and talk and that isn't scattered all over Facebook. Here are the things that I am loving about it it is free, it also allows for categorized discussions on all food blogging topics. And there's a category for sharing successes, aka self-promotion. So no more holding back about discussing your big wins and things that you're promoting. Also, everything is in one single spot. So no hopping around from group to group. And there's an amazing opportunity to network and really get to know your fellow food bloggers in a single place. So come join the discussions that are going on over at forum.eatblogtalk.com. And I hope you enjoy this as much as I do. Don't forget forum.eatblogtalk.com. Okay, food bloggers, have you heard of Flowdesk, the new big email marketing rage? This is an amazing new option for managing your email subscriber list. It is super easy to use and it comes with gorgeous, intuitive drag and drop templates. And Flowdesk does not charge based on number of subscribers, so your monthly rate will stay the same from month to month. Everyone pays $38 a month or use my affiliate link to get 50% off and pay only $19 a month. You guys, this is a fraction of the price of other email service providers and you'll be blown away by the beautiful and intuitive templates waiting for you inside. Visit eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources to grab your link. Flowdesk, the stunning new option for email marketing. Awesome food bloggers, I wanted to let you know about something that we are working on developing right now. It is a new awesome way for you to get connected with other food bloggers and to help you feel connected in your food blogging journey. Sign up today to get exclusive details as well as a special launch discount. You are not going to want to miss out on this, so head over to eatblogtalk.com forward slash launch to stay in the loop as things unfold with this project. It's a really exciting project and opportunity, so I cannot wait to share more with you about it. Again, go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash launch. What's up, food bloggers? Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast made for you, food bloggers seeking value for your businesses and your lives. Today, Veronica Grove is joining me for a discussion. She runs the food blog, Veronica's Kitchen, and we are going to talk about how to create tasty style food videos. Veronica's Kitchen started in 2016, but Veronica began focusing on monetization in 2018. That year, Veronica learned how to film tasty style videos, which began to be popular on Facebook and other social media platforms. She began producing food videos for other bloggers later that year while mastering technical knowledge and skills. It was a great way to earn extra income and make friends with a number of food bloggers within the industry. Veronica is creating a course about tasty style videos, and this class will teach people how to film, edit, and monetize food videos from start to finish. Veronica, I cannot wait to talk to you about tasty style videos today. But before we do that, give us a fun fact about yourself.
1: Huh, fun fact about me. Sure. So I think it will be interesting to know that I'm originally from the area or region with the most red hat people per capita.
0: Oh, where are you from?
1: <laughs> so originally I'm from Russia and we have an area, it's called Udmurtia. It's in the middle of Russia, next to Ural Mountains. And if you go there, you'll meet so many redhead people with fair skin, blue eyes, looking just like me.
0: That's crazy. You don't typically associate redheaded people with Russia. Uh Uh-huh. I know. What a great (laughs) fact. I never would have guessed that. So that is very cool. Thanks for sharing that. And again, I'm just really excited to talk to you today because... I'm going to be honest with you, Veronica. I have a love-hate relationship with video right now.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) As many people. I know. I feel
0: like that's kind of the buzz right now. And a lot of people are feeling that same way. So it's really timely for me personally, because I'm just struggling with whether or not, especially the hands and pans videos or tasty style videos are worth the time and energy to produce because they don't seem to be getting as much traction. So I'm excited to just allow you to convince me today and hopefully we come out of this conversation with me having a renewed perspective as well as everybody listening so start by telling us why those tasty style videos which we also call hands and pans videos are really important right now
1: oh I think tasty videos is actually so entertaining just to make them at least for me I I love I think it's my favorite part right now is to create these videos And I think it's a perfect timing also to, if you didn't start making them yet, it's perfect time to do it right now because there are so many food bloggers in our community in the past few years. And it's amazing thing that we have so many bloggers, other bloggers creating the same recipes, but it's getting hard to stand out when you have 20 other bloggers creating the same or a similar recipe for a banana bread or muffins. And because our job is not just to provide valuable information like a recipe, but also to entertain, I think it's a great way to use new tools to attract people's attention. And videos, there, that is a new tool that grabs attention and entertains people. And for example, um, when you show a close-up video of pouring the maple syrup over pancakes or cutting a piece of a perfectly cooked steak... I think that's how you can show people so realistically your recipe and people can see and smell almost that pancakes or steaks, So they just want to grab and eat it. So I think it's a great way to show off the best recipes you have on your blog right now so people can fully see and experience how to make it and how it will look like in the end.
0: I love that you said see and smell because videos, obviously, like, they're all visual. But Mm -hmm. when you you record and edit a really just delicious scene of food, it is almost like you can smell it. It's like all of your senses are ignited and you're really living in that scene and you're just experiencing it. And I think that's kind of the magic of creating a good video, right, is creating, like, igniting everybody's senses and pulling them in so that they actually watch it and they're intrigued and they want to make the food. That's the whole key. And I think it's kind of hard to do that. So talk to us about how we do stand out with this style of video, because it is kind of a, I don't want to say like overdone, but kind of overdone thing. I mean, there's so many tasty style videos circulating right now. So how do we stand out?
1: Oh, I think it's just about trial and error. You need to find your style and see what feels better for you. If you just use one camera or a couple of cameras, you can create so many entertaining videos with the recipes. You're doing a talk show if you're doing just a very simple, tasty style video. So I think it's a great way to stand out among other bloggers and also a lot of platforms and social media right now, they promote videos and you'll have more shares and engagement with your followers or new followers, new readers as well through the
0: video. So you think just doing trial and error with camera angles, maybe practicing how to capture different hero shots, what else can we use that trial and error with?
1: Well, if you never created videos before, I have a few tips actually for you to start. So first of all, I think the best way is just to start with one camera and shoot overhead. So you will have the whole scene in the frame and just it will be easier for you to focus on one camera and will be so much easier to edit everything. And it's always better to start also your very first video with a simple recipe that doesn't require many steps, like a smoothie or a salad or something, easy baking recipe, for example, with less ingredients and less steps. So when you get more comfortable then with the whole process, you can choose something fancier as well. But start with a recipe with three to five ingredients, minimum props and appliances, and it will be better if no cooking over the stove involved because that's more complicated.
0: Starting simple, I think, is kind of the theme for everything in food blogging. Like people always dive in and think that they should tackle everything, like every aspect of the business. Mm-hmm. So I think this same principle applies to video. And I like that you pointed that out. Really, I mean, you could do like, I mean, what's the simplest recipe you can think of to video? I'm picking like a drink, a beverage or maybe yeah. um, a no-bake dessert that requires three ingredients or just something really, really simple. And then once you're comfortable, like you said, Veronica, then you mm-hmm. can start adding some complexity. You can maybe do like a baking recipe that's requires more steps. You can add an extra camera and you mm-hmm. and start editing with that. So I think that's really great advice. So what are some other tips that you have when starting out? Do you have anything else for us?
1: Well, I actually started creating videos, I think it was the end of 2017. I even didn't have DSLR camera back then, so I just used my phone. I put it on a tripod for overhead shots, and I remember I, the very first video I created was uh, three ingredient coconut balls, oh. and it was very, very simple, very basic. It's my very first video. And it's so interesting. It's still my number one, the most popular video on the YouTube channel.
0: Oh wow! Yes,
1: yeah, so I think crazy. it has the, mo- the most amount of views, and still brings me so much more traffic right now because of this video. Though it's it's very simple, and the quality is not the best because it was just a my smartphone.
0: See, that's just proof that you can put something out there that's really simple when you have no experience. You don't. You didn't really know what you were doing back then when you started. And it's still getting traction for you today. I have a few videos like that as well on on YouTube that mm-hmm. are really, really bad. <laughs> I mean, I had my I recorded with my DSLR, but yeah, straight overhead. The music that I chose was awful, and it was it's just like a, a train wreck. The whole thing is like oh, just wincing through it. Don't please don't go look at my chili video.
1: <laughs> but I think it's so much fun right now when you, know. a year later, when you're already more comfortable with the videos and you're looking back at the older videos, it's so funny to look at them because they're very basic, but they still can bring you traffic. They still be engaging. And so many social media right now promote these videos. So it's just, it brings you additional traffic, additional people who notices you and starts follow you.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it's kind of like that SEO magic that people talk about. Like if a post of yours is doing really well, don't touch it. It's kind Mm -hmm. of the same thing. And I've kept my hands off of a handful of those videos for the same reason. It's like, for whatever reason, there's magic built into that video. So I haven't touched it. I haven't recreated it. I've just totally left it alone. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, okay, so I have chili. I think my goulash recipe too is really old. The video that I posted for that. And the amount of views I have on those are insane, like compared mm-hmm. to my other videos on YouTube. I mean, off the charts insane. So yes. it's like, it's weird. It's kind of head scratching, but hey, I, I'm just going <laughs> to leave it alone. It's working for whatever reason. And you're right. You do look back at those videos and it's a way to see how much you've grown because when we created those, both you and I and everybody else, when they're creating their first videos, I mean, I thought it was pretty good. I was like, yeah, I I did a pretty good job here. (laughs) But now Mm -hmm. I look back and think, oh my goodness, I've come so far. (laughs) So it's a good way to measure progress.
1: Yes. And I think it's the same with the photography. If you look at your photos, food photos from a year ago, two years ago, it still will be a big difference comparing to what you have right now.
0: Yeah. We're always making progress and even writing too. Like I will look at my writing and think, "Why why would I ever write that? (laughs) Okay, so I kind of want to get into if you have a strategy, but before we do that, let's talk about monetization and how we can best monetize the videos we create because we put a lot of time and a lot of energy into making them and editing them. I mean, a lot of heart goes into it, so how can we monetize them?
1: Oh, yes. So since videos take so much more time and work to produce them, and not a lot of people actually make videos because it's just so much work and if we make videos we still want to monetize them and there are three ways how you can do that the very first one is through your own blog so if you're on MediaVine or ad thrive you can embed these videos to your recipe pages and set it for autoplay and you can add 20 or 30 percent increase to your monthly revenue And for me personally, the videos currently bring 27% of my total ad revenue, which is crazy. Like if you think it's one third of my ad revenue, it's just through the videos,
0: free money. And I do, I don't know if you're on Mediavine or Mm AdThrive. With AdThrive, that's the network that I use. You can Mm -hmm. actually see exactly how much revenue comes through videos alone, which is super valuable. The same
1: with Mediavine. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay. So embedding on blog is way number one. What is the second way?
1: Another way to make extra income is to offer videos as additional service to brands for sponsored posts. Brands, they also want to promote themselves on social media right now, on Instagram or Facebook. And they want to have their own videos using their product. So when you approach a company, you will stand out more among other bloggers if you can create a good quality tasty style video tutorial where you can promote this brand product. And of course, you'll be able to charge more money for the sponsored video.
0: So I haven't created videos for a brand in quite a number of years. Now, like right now, if you were to create a video (laughs) for a brand... During all of this, you know, pandemic quarantine, are there different rules surrounding it or is everything pretty much the same? I would not say the rules are different. If
1: you mean the monetization, how much you would charge, it just depends not on the current situation, but probably how big your blog is, how many followers you have on social media, how many traffic you have on your own website. And that will depend on how much you can charge.
0: Okay. So do you work with brands a lot?
1: Not a lot, but I do work with them. And I created a few videos actually for different brands. And of course, the amount, how much you can charge for regular sponsored posts comparing to the the same post but with the video, it's very different. Okay. You almost can double it.
0: Oh, that's great. I can see where if somebody worked with brands, that that would be really valuable. And yeah, they are extra work, but if you can double what you get back from them, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay. So what is number three? Okay. So videos for other food bloggers. If you're a smaller blogger and you don't make enough money through advertisement or sponsorship, you can offer video services to other bloggers who cannot make the videos or they just simply don't have time for it. And this is actually what I used to do. And I created so so many videos for other popular bloggers that allowed it me to make a full time income back then i'm I'm not doing wow. that anymore, but I used to create videos for over a year for other people.
0: That's great, okay, so this is great because I think especially as bloggers are kind of just finding their way and getting into their own successes mm-hmm. in this business world, they do need outlet like they need other sources of income sometimes so video i've always said this it's a really really great way to tap into a little bit extra income so that you mm-hmm. can keep blogging and get to that place you want to be so how do you find the business and how much business is out there to be had
1: oh it's unlimited honestly and i just promoted myself back then two years ago or a year and a half i promoted myself on facebook among food bloggers group communities. And a lot of bloggers, they just don't have time to create the videos because they're so busy. They also have family, maybe some other jobs, and they just want to outsource as much work as they can. That's why VAs are so popular right now or outsourcing videos is so popular because just people don't have time for it. And this is a great way for you just to find extra work and add extra income.
0: Yeah. So I've always wondered about the logistics of that creating video for other people. Is it just kind of a nightmare or is it (laughs) something that just takes a while to get into? I mean, as far as like buying groceries and sorting through the recipe and I mean, talk us through that a little bit. How does that go? Okay.
1: So I think it's just when you create a routine and you set your own rules, how you usually work, other bloggers, they just follow it and it's not really that hard. When you start working with a blogger, you just send them a list of what you offer, how does it work, all your step-by-step instructions, how the payment system works, and then you agree on the terms. You choose the recipes. Usually, I help the bloggers to choose their recipes because it should be still more comfortable for me to create, recreate their recipe and mm. show it off because I never made that before. And you just film a video like you would do it for yourself. And I honestly, I love that. I love working with bloggers and I made so many friends among this community. And yeah, I think it was an amazing experience for me.
0: I love that not only was it a source of revenue for you, but that you actually saw it as a way to network and to make friends. And I'm sure that you probably still have relationships with those people. So that's something that we don't think of, that, you know, this is an opportunity to really grow inside the community and get to know people.
1: Absolutely. I think food blog community in general they're so nice people and they're so kind and always encouraging and when you actually start working with them you make friends with them. So you start to become friends on a completely different level and help each other encourage and just help each other to grow in a different way. So yes.
0: It's so true. Food bloggers are amazing and once you start really like connecting with them for me, anyway, I just see how hardworking and strong and in, they're just filled with passion. And I don't know, there's so much that I could say about food bloggers that I love. But working with them or even like doing something like I'm doing, having a hosting a podcast and talking to people regularly, it helps me so much just to get into their worlds and to build friendships. And there's something just really, really valuable about that. Oh, so I absolutely. Feel, I love that you have tapped into that, too. Okay, so let's go back just a little bit. So finding business, if somebody does want to branch out and create tasty style videos for other food bloggers, you mentioned like just putting yourself out there on Facebook groups, and is that mm-hmm. how you mainly found business and are there other ways to find it?
1: I think the first step is just put yourself out there and promote yourself. Maybe you can create a page on your blog and show examples of the videos you created before. Write a little bit about what can you do? What type of videos you create, how long they are, is music is included, is the ingredients included? And then after you start creating a couple of first videos for bloggers, they start to promote your company already to other food blogger friends as well. And that's how you grow. Word of mouth, I think.
0: Yeah. Once the momentum gets rolling, I'm sure word of mouth really, really helps out. What about figuring out how much to charge? I think that's a hard thing to do for a lot of us. Like, do I go high? Do I go low? How do you work through that? How do you find somewhere to start?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. When I started, I really was charging just a very funny amount of money. It was basically for nothing because I just needed more experience. I didn't know how it works. So it's just doing the basic videos for the first probably 10 bloggers. But such a low amount of money, and basically it was exchange of videos with experience, and mm-hmm. I just grew through that, so I started to increase the prices yes, i just I think you just mm-hmm. find a good balance between what you can charge and what other bloggers can afford to pay you because you don't want to spend five, six, seven hundred dollars just on one video for another blog, it's a lot of money. Yeah. So yes, but again at the same time, mm-hmm. when you create the video, you still need to cover your own cost because this is your business and you need to pay the salary, you need to pay all the expenses, you need to pay for the ingredients. So yes, it's just finding a balance, I think. And the same as you're finding a price for a sponsorship. You can right. just do a sponsorship for as a gift exchange, they will send you a product and that will be enough for you, or you will charge five hundred or a thousand dollars. I guess it's all about how much you can afford to charge.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And as you get more experienced, obviously, you can start charging a little bit more. Once Mm -hmm. you're more confident and your skills are more fine-tuned. So I have a few questions for you about video and social media. Because once you create a video, yes, it goes on your blog, embed it there. And then YouTube What is your strategy for putting it everywhere else?
1: Oh, I love actually promoting my new recipes that come out through the videos, through different social platforms. And almost all of them, they show a higher engagement rate for videos than for photos right now, surprisingly. For example, for Instagram, they start just with sharing photos, and in the past few years, they start integrating and promoting more videos than it was IGTV, and now stories are so popular. So the engagement rate for videos is about, for me, I think, I was just looking at my analytics the other day, and for the video engagement rate, it was 39%, while my photos engagement was only 14% so it's more than double engagement rate and i think the same with the facebook my favorite way to promote through facebook is just to share these videos on facebook groups for example i create instant pot recipes and i have a number of videos for instant pot recipes so i'd like to share them in the groups that share the same interest and you'll be surprised but you will have such a good amount of traffic from sharing a video Versus a photo on these groups.
0: Are you talking groups like the big Instant Pot groups that have been formed by mm-hmm. somebody else, or groups that you form yourself? Okay. No, no, no.
1: Other groups like Instant Pot community. I believe well, there are there are a number of Instant Pot group recipes. So it doesn't have to be Instant Pot. It can be any other group.
0: Yeah, but those Instant Pot groups are huge. They're they are massive.
1: But that's the oh benefit. Gosh, I you actually, have so
0: much I know. More
1: of new videos.
0: And I and, was tapping into that for a little while, but then I kind of just stopped because, you know, there's a million things on my list. But, wow, I mean, if you post a video within one of those absolutely massive <laughs> Instant Pot groups, you get quite a bit of traction from that. Oh, yes. Uh,
1: you will have a lot of traffic from sharing these videos. And also, I gain a lot of followers on my Facebook account as well through these videos.
0: Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, that's something to think about, too. I feel like Facebook is growing so slowly. At least mm-hmm. my page is growing slowly. <laughs> so any way that I can get an increase in my numbers, I'm all over. Okay, so, so once you post your blog, you go to YouTube for sure, right? You post every single video to YouTube.
1: Yes, I post on YouTube. Okay. I post on Instagram, Facebook, of course, and Pinterest. It Also, Pinterest started to promote videos right now. And a lot of bloggers doing it. And actually, my top five pins right now that bring the most traffic, it's all videos.
0: Oh, Mm -hmm. very interesting. Okay, I know that Pinterest is really rewarding for people who post videos on like a video pin. So I'm curious to know what kind of formatting you use. Because I know some people are doing like that split vertical where they put Mm -hmm. like a square video and then they'll put like a title or doing more of an IGTV format where it's just like one big vertical format. What is the preferred method?
1: I think for everybody it works different. Yes, I think for everybody it works differently. They have different strategies. For me personally, regular square videos work the best. But I talked to a number of bloggers and they said, for everybody it works again different. For some people you need to have some text over the video. Other people like two by three format. It's just it probably depends. But okay. again, for for me, it's a and regular how, square video.
0: And those are doing well for you? Oh, yes. Okay. And then how much content should we put on Pinterest that is video versus photos?
1: Most of my pins, they are still photos for now. But I try to put at least 10 videos uh, a week just to keep it going okay. and have the momentum to get more traffic. And of course, these videos will repeat over the time because you don't have hundreds of videos on your blog,
0: but that still works. Yeah. And does that go for Instagram too? What is? I mean, I know that most people post photos and then kind of sprinkle in some videos here and there. Is that what we do on Instagram as well?
1: Yes. And actually, I'm trying to play around right now with the different formats and see what will work for me, what strategy to choose. I know that a lot of people are saying that carousel work the best right now. So I'm trying to play around and put, for example, the video first and put a couple of photos after that in a carousel. And that's been working really well. The regular square videos, they work well, but they have to be under a minute long. So that's also probably okay. a small issue right now with all the platforms because every single platform, they have different preferred Format, whether it's a square, (laughs) whether it's two by three, or it's a horizontal video. So, yes.
0: Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? Trying to adhere to like a million different video formats. It's like, how many formats can we make (laughs) for (laughs) a single video production?
1: I usually create just three different formats. The first one, it's a regular horizontal that I put on my blog and on YouTube. Then you can just cut out the edges and create a square video. That goes to Facebook and Instagram, and also I create sometimes two by three for Instagram IGTV.
0: So that works. Yes, as well. and I'm just waiting for like triangular platform to come out so we can make <laughs> like triangular formatted videos or I don't know. circle or something just off the wall. I wouldn't actually be totally surprised if something like that happened. How sad is that? Like, oh, okay, here we go diving into circle format.
1: You know, it just might sound so complicated and overwhelming in the beginning to create all the videos and create all the different formats. But once you start creating them, it's really not that hard. And it's actually very entertaining to make the video and then edit them. And there is one trick actually that I'm doing right now to kill two words at once. I had an audit with Casey Marquis. I think everybody is having the audit with him right now. And he really encourages you to do step-by-step process photos of the recipe. Mm. So what I do is just I shoot a video and I take screenshots of the process steps. And I post these screenshots as step-by-step photos, so you don't have to do a separate photos and a video for the same recipe, you just do it all at once.
0: Oh, yeah, that's great. That's really great advice. Anytime you can kill two birds with one stone, I am all in. I think most food bloggers would agree with that, because we have enough to do, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so- That's a great tip. I love that you mentioned doing a carousel with both video and photo. I typically don't think to do that. I think like you do one or the other, but why not? You could put a video in a carousel and then put photos after it, like Mm -hmm. step by step or maybe hero shots or something. But that was a really great tip that I'm going to steal from you. Okay. Um, I hope it works for you as well. (laughs) Thanks. So I was going to ask you about IGTV because you've mentioned it a few times. How important is IGTV? Because it's like one of those things where I think a lot of bloggers really dove into it and Mm -hmm. loved it. And a lot were like, I'm holding off. I don't know if it's going to stick around, but it is still around. What are your thoughts on it?
1: I think Instagram and people, they have love, hate relationship with it. At one time, it was so popular and everybody was creating these IGTV uh, videos and then Nobody really was interested. And then it was another wave of IGTV. And right now, I think it's dying off again a little bit. But again, when we create videos for IGTV, we can use the same footage to post it on the stories as well. So again, you're using the same video, but you're posting different formats, which is different ways to engage your audience.
0: That's a good point. You can use the same thing for stories because it's the same format. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've posted a little bit to IGTV. I guess I haven't seen a ton of traction. I see more traction from videos that I post directly to my profile. What do you find? Do you get more or less traction on IGTV?
1: The same with me. I think most of the traction, actually, mo- the most engagement, they come from their feed. But for now, at least that's yeah. what works for me right now. And as I said, yeah. my engagement rate for the videos is so much higher than for the photos. So I think it really works for me.
0: Yeah, that number, it was quite a difference. Wasn't it like 15 versus 40 oh, yeah. something? Did you? Say? Uh, it's yeah, 39 I mean, versus 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Crazy good. So what do you think? How much photos versus videos should we be putting in our feed on Instagram right now?
1: Well, it depends how many videos you create first. And I'm trying to create two videos a week right now. So I'm trying to focus more on the video and create, if not for every recipe, but for every other recipe, I'm creating a video right now. So I'm trying to post it and promote more. And I really saw the difference since I started doing it. I have more traffic. I have more engagement on social media. People comment more. People share more, especially on Facebook. And they just come to your website, your blog, and they actually create the recipe itself. So I found it very oh, useful. That's great.
0: So all around, you get more engagement, you get more people interested, you get more comments. And not mm-hmm. just on Instagram, but all over.
1: All over. I think every single social platform right now, they're slowly transitioning. Not slowly, they already transitioned, I think, to the videos yeah. and They're just trying to promote it
0: more. Okay, so we've covered kind of video on Pinterest, Instagram. Now let's talk about Facebook a little bit because I think there was a huge peak of video love on Facebook a handful of years ago. And there was a time when I feel like everyone was putting video up and immediately got like a million views or (laughs) I mean, just ridiculous number of views. And now it's not like that. Mm -hmm. So how important do you think those tasty style videos are on Facebook now? Versus like the longer format and how much video content should we be putting on Facebook?
1: I think Facebook right now is trying to promote more videos that are three minutes and longer. I never created such a long videos before, so I cannot say how it works for me. All my videos are about a minute, minute and a half long. It's like a tasty style videos. But I have to tell you that Facebook brings me a very, very good traffic just because of the videos. When I post photos, I don't get as much engagement from people. But as I mentioned before, when you post, share a video, especially in a group, whether it's for Instant Pot or other recipe group, a lot of people, they share the video because it's more, again, engagement, entertaining. They comment, they like it, they go to your profile, they start following you. And I think this is my number one reason actually creating videos to share it on Facebook. The Facebook brings me so much more traffic than the regular photos.
0: And because of those groups, or do you get a lot of traffic too from your profile or from your page?
1: Uh, I have uh, quite a good traffic from my page as well, but I think groups actually still work better for me because you still share in the groups that are interested in that specific topic. Like If it's, again, the same Instant Pot, everybody wants a recipe with the Instant Pot, so they already want to see a video. They want to see your recipe. And that actually helps you to bring the traffic to your website.
0: That makes sense. And my team and I continue to post videos on Facebook, my Facebook page, mm-hmm. just because I feel like I shouldn't stop. I've built a little momentum. It's like very slow. But I just feel like I need to keep going with it. And to stop would be like throwing all of my hard work <laughs> into the garbage. <laughs> so I feel like It is beneficial to keep at it, right? I mean, don't just like get frustrated and just throw in the towel. You got to keep going.
1: Oh, absolutely. If the people saw your video already a couple of times, if you just keep sharing the same video, they already saw it. they won't be as interested comparing to if you post new videos at least like once a week or two weeks. So you still keep engaging and entertaining these people.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. Keeping engagement and entertainment up is something to keep at the forefront of our minds, I think, because it can be just like a tedious thing for us like, oh, here's another video, posting another video to Facebook. Mm -hmm. So keeping in mind that people are coming to our pages to get entertained and to get valuable information. Mm -hmm. So is there anything to talk about social media and videos before we move on? I was going to ask you about like older content versus new, but is there anything to cover with social media first?
1: Uh, No, I think it's just creating videos. It's a great way to use them on social media platforms just to engage your audience and entertain them versus just using the classic photos that most of the bloggers do anyway already.
0: Yeah. And like mixing it up, throwing it, Mm -hmm. you know, throwing videos in once in a while, at least at minimum. Okay. So let's talk about new content versus old. You mentioned that you are trying to do two new videos a week and posting that all over, you know, different platforms, obviously. But what about our older content? So for those of us who've been creating videos for a handful of years, how often do we dip into that older content? Like, do I want an Instagram feed, for example, that is filled with video if I have enough or not?
1: Well, when you talk about the blog, I think if you are updating your older recipe already and just trying to improve your SEO, I think it's a great way just to add this video to the recipe to make it more appealing to to your followers and readers as well. And in a very short amount of time in less than a minute, you can show off the whole recipe, how to make it from start to finish and show all the steps in an engaging way. So it's not going to hurt you to create a video anyway. And yes, I think it just helps to add new videos to your older content as well. Because even if the recipe is already popular, adding a video will make it even more engaging to other people. Yeah, so I'm trying to create videos to new recipes that I create and still making a few videos to my older posts as well to update them.
0: Yeah, do you have a strategy for that? So, like, do you go to Google Analytics and just see what your top posts are and kind of go down the line from most visited to least? Or what is your strategy with that for older content?
1: Yes, I check my most popular, top 20 most popular recipes usually and try to update them. And actually, about a year ago, I had a recipe for chocolate cupcakes with caramel, and nobody even was looking at this recipe before it was like old recipe with the old photos. So I redid the whole recipe, did new photos and created a video for it. And right now I think it's my top three on Google.
0: Oh wow. That's yeah, so and cool. it's very good I love amount that. of traffic
1: as well. I think it's just <laughs> a great idea always to go through your older recipes and try to update them and add something new, whether you add new information, new photos, and creating video is just also very engaging.
0: So let's talk about blog posts for a second because I was talking to a few blogger friends recently and they were expressing, as was I, just like kind of discouragement around creating videos that were hands and pans style and putting it on our blogs because we didn't know if that was actually what people were wanting to see. When they came to a blog post, they want the recipe. But then we hear all the time and you... Are proof of this too because you said that when you added a video it actually like rose in rankings is it adding value to people's experiences with our blog posts to have a tasty style video embedded in the post i don't know i mean i don't i'm kind of like torn on that so i'm willing to hear your thoughts
1: i think yes at least with my own experience if i go to somebody's website And I read through the recipe and usually I want to see the video of the recipe and see how it's done, especially it's more complicated. And I watch a lot of videos of other bloggers on their website as well, just for my own purpose to make their recipes at home. And I think it's, yeah, it's just the easier way to show off. It's like creating photos, step-by-step photos of how you create the recipe to make it easy and more visual for people or you write step-by-step instructions and make all the notes how to make the recipe. So it's another way just to show and make it easier for people to understand and visualize how the recipe should come together.
0: It's like another format for people who are visual in that way. Like if people like videos and respond well to them, then it's good to have it in the post, I guess. But If not, they can keep scrolling and they can look at the process shots or they can go down to the recipe. So I always think it doesn't hurt. I mean, it's certainly not going to hurt you. And if anything, it's going to add value. But again, it's like so much work. We almost like want proof. Like I need to see this is working, (laughs) which is kind of ridiculous because you can't ever prove something like that unless it's making you, you know, money with revenue. Mm -hmm. But I did that same kind of strategy you talked about, taking my top 20 posts and just going through, starting at the top one and going down and creating videos for each one and adding it to the post. And it it did help. This was like two years ago I started doing that. All of those recipes that I focused on then are now in my most popular. So I guess there's something to that.
1: Oh, yes, um, Definitely.
0: Yeah. So we talked in the very beginning of this interview about the really old videos that we create to start. So what do you think about my chili video (laughs) that I told you about? It's killing it on YouTube. It always has. It's been like crazy, like the numbers. So do I try? Do I try to recreate it or do I just leave it? You know what? I had the same question actually
1: last month because I wanted to reshoot a couple of my older videos. They're not very attractive, and it was my <laughs> one of the first videos that were very very basic, shot with my uh, smartphone. But you know what? I looked at my statistics, analytics, and they still bring traffic. They still bring engagement, and I just decided to leave them the way they are. And I think as soon as they will start bringing me traffic. I will update the videos. And right now I can just focus on my new recipes.
0: I like that. I think, yeah, I mean, obviously it's doing well. And it's like one of those, I don't know, just untouchable things that maybe you should leave alone. (laughs) (laughs) So I I think I'll just leave that alone. Okay, Veronica, wow, we have covered so much. And I've just been totally absorbing all of this, taking it in. And I'm feeling a little bit inspired now. Thank you. Is there anything that you feel like we have not touched on regarding Tasty Style videos that you think we should before we start wrapping up?
1: Well, I think we talked about pretty much everything. We talked about the social media, how they try to promote your videos and engage your audience, which is a great way to bring traffic to your website. And through that, you also will be able to monetize So, yeah, I think you definitely, if you never made videos before, you definitely should give it a try. And I'm pretty sure once you start being more comfortable with it, you will love the process itself, like the way I do. I think it's so much fun to create a video and then edit it. And you really can just repurpose the same video for different social media platforms to show off to your readers or attract new clients or followers.
0: And I think it is very rewarding to create a video and put all of the energy and love into it and then edit it and see it produced. It's Mm -hmm. like, wow, it's really cool, especially the first few times you do it. Almost can't believe that you created that. And then you grow so quickly, too. I found like from that first awful video, you know, to now it's like things progress really fast and you really do learn quickly and I think we should all take your advice Veronica to just start small start with what you have in front of you even if it's your smartphone from overhead do it just start it and see if you like it see how your audience responds to it and then just you know increase your angles or your equipment or whatever just start improving your game a little bit But yeah, I think that was pretty much all I wanted to cover. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Okay, one last question. Tasty Mm -hmm. style versus long form. I know long form video is really gaining momentum right now, but it's just like a a debate right now. Like, what do I put my efforts toward? Because long form obviously takes longer. Mm -hmm. Tasty style, you can knock out a little bit more quickly. But is there value there? So what are your thoughts on all of that?
1: I think longer videos, they definitely bring more value, especially on the Facebook right now. I know that Facebook promotes them better than shorter videos. But again, I never really created longer videos before. So I cannot say anything about my experience compared to my shorter videos. But I know that a lot of bloggers, they have a good success with longer videos right now on YouTube and Facebook. So this is actually my Next step, what I want to accomplish, try to create a longer videos and maybe create like a cooking show type videos as well. Just play around with it and try something new. Because food blogging, it's all about trying something new. First, we are trying with photos. We're trying new recipes. We're trying videos. We're just trying new ways to engage people. And I think it's just we should have fun with it.
0: It certainly doesn't hurt to experiment. And I think your whole insight about just Tasty Style is kind of the way to start, I think, is really good for us to hear because it's mm-hmm. easy to dive into. It's engaging. It's like captivating. Like it captures us like, oh, this is really fun. And then if you yeah. want to experiment with more doing long form or cooking show style, then yeah, dive into that. But I think that Tasty Style is a really great place to start. I have appreciated all of your insights today, and I'm just really grateful that we had this conversation. So thank you for being here, Veronica.
1: Oh, thank you for inviting me.
0: Yes. And I like to ask all my guests if they have a favorite quote or words of inspiration for food bloggers. So do you have anything to share with us?
1: Yes, I do. My favorite quote from Oscar Wilde is, be yourself, everyone else is already taken. And I think it's a, such a good way to remind yourself that when we are trying to create something new on the blog and we are looking at all these inspiring food bloggers, and sometimes you always have the temptation to copy their style or copy their writing style or photography. But we need to remind ourselves that we are not those bloggers and we have our own way, our own blog, that we should not compare ourselves with other people and just try to find your own voice, what you like. If you love videos, just create more videos. If you don't really like them, continue to do photography and just be yourself.
0: Oh, I love that. It's such a great message for food bloggers because there are... So many of us, and it's such a saturated place to be. So I think that is something we all need to hear. So thank you for sharing that. Thanks again, Veronica. Before we go, tell my listeners the best place they can find you online.
1: Okay, you can find me on my website, veronica'skitchen.com And I share a lot of simple and delicious recipes using very simple ingredients. So yes, I'll be happy to see awesome. you on my website.
0: And yeah. Yes, everyone go check it out and we will put together some show notes for this episode. If you want to check that out too, you can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash Veronica and Veronica is spelled with a K. So thanks again, Veronica, for being here. And thank you so much for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time.